Howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and a Half. I'm Matt King. And I'm Mike Sheffer. And thank you so much for tuning in. You know, life has been good lately. My wrist is finally starting to heal up. It is. From my tragic accident. The traumatic, horrific, biking, (sighs) paranormal, insane thing that happened to you. Outside of a Jimmy John's. And so I got an x-ray. They said nothing was like severely fractured, but it could be a hairline fracture or um, a torn ligament. But I kept it supported. The x-ray showed nothing serious. I was going to get an MRI, but finally right now I've taken off my brace and I feel the strength and sensation of my wrist coming back to me. And I'm so happy, though my mouth kind of hurts because I had a dental implant procedure recently. So I'm like a little hard with my words, but... It's still a really, really great episode with the one, the only, Joe Vulpes. Also known as, ugh, it's Joe. I know, right? Which he kind of made us say that right before, and you'll hear what happened, but he kind of did one of his classic Joe Vulpes little pranks, and um, we love Joe. Yeah, he's the best. You may know Joe from YouTube, the Vlog Squad, uh, his own YouTube channel. He's an incredible filmmaker, videographer, and editor to a lot of people in our squad. And you've and done a lot of mukbangs with him. So he's the mukbang many. king of the vlog squad. So many. I, I love that man because he's kept my heart full and my belly fuller. <laughs> so without further ado, enjoy. Did I say that right? Without yeah. further ado, ado? Yeah. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of Hoot and a Half with the lovely Joe Volpus. Joe Volpis. Joe Volpis. Joe, 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 Joe. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Wow. First off, I want to say welcome. Welcome to Hoot and a Half. And I want to say that you are actually the first guest to be sitting here on the Hoot and a Half set, our official set. This is it? This oh, is, yeah. I mean, it's not finished. It's a work in progress. But the table in breakfast nook that we're sitting in right now will be the table and desk used for the video version of this podcast. I thought this was your bedroom. You thought this <laughs> was no my bedroom? Bed here. This is Todd's storage <laughs> closet, basically, yeah. but we're turning it into the podcast set. But <laughs> this really is Todd's room. Yeah. <laughs> it's he got the piano, broken guitars, piano case. Pictures of Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And you know, Todd bought this desk that's one of the, uh, what do you call, a standing desk. It moves up and down, and we thought that he was going to use it for his piano, t- <laughs> but apparently it doesn't go low enough to be the proper height of a piano, right? Yeah. So he just puts stuff on the desk and then plays the piano. Papers, uh, books, fly swatters. <laughs> and then second off, Joe, I just want to say, how dare you? How dare you? Like, my heart is kind of racing. I was just prepared moments ago that this podcast wasn't going to happen. We planned to meet at noon, and then I get a text message from Joe. At 12.07. So after he's supposed you. to be here. And it says, yo, my bad, can we do tomorrow? <laughs> like, kind of the rudest <laughs> tone. Because you're a nice person. I figured if you did have something that came up, you would have called me. But I thought, he's having a day, a bad day. So I was prepared just to get up and walk away and work on something else. But you're here. You were pulling my leg, Joe. I yanked your chain. It's the Joe Vulpus experience. <laughs> Trains by day, edits David's videos by night, <laughs> all day. You said that that's your your bit that you do that a lot. You cancel on people when you're there. Yeah, I I try and ruin the mood, and then once I show up, it's like, oh, this is great. Do you do that for podcasts or just regular video shoots or e- anything? Everything. 
Everywhere I'm supposed to be. My best friend's wedding. Yeah. My, my, someone's funeral. But you have to do it just like once, though. Right? Oh, yeah. I you can't, can't do it again. Because it, then it's like the boy who cried wolf. Because then they're going to think you're joking. And then you actually can't show up for something. And they're going to be like, ha, ha, ha. Very funny. Where are you? But then it softens blow, too, when I actually do need to cancel. It's like, oh, is he joking? Oh, he's serious? Okay. No no worries. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> that's really smart social engineering. Yeah. I'm always thinking 12 steps ahead. That's two steps ahead, but good math. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, how has your day been? So far, great. Been working out. I, che- I worked on my chest, as you could see. You've my- been working out? <laughs> Yeah. Are you worked out? Are you working out right now? Like, do you have on like an abdomen uh, cruncher <laughs> underneath that shirt? I'm doing calf raises under the table. Right uh, now. What, did, what did you work out today? Chest. Chest? Yeah, my testicles. Just chest, chest purely. Just a, a purely chest day. Yeah, don't my boobs look big? Yes. Dude, your body has been transforming. And I know that we talked about this in our move bang. Okay, Joe's making me put um, my hand on his chest. Wow, it is firm. It may be getting bigger than Scott's. Thank you. But what, <laughs> putting in the work over there at uh, Scott's gym. You go every day? Yeah, I've been doing it every day for the past like 12 years, but I'm finally taking a picture on Instagram story so people think that I'm working out more now. But I've been doing it every day for the past like 12 years. Are you holding like the paper of the day? The newspaper <laughs> you know, to prove in a lot of those yeah. old school before and after photos, the person's holding the newspaper of the that day. day to prove that it was taken on that day? Yeah. Um, and so you're going to do a whole transformation, but you have been working out every day for a year. Yeah. For every day for like 12 years. I just don't see results. <laughs> what do you think is going to make the change this time? Um, I just need to change my diet, but that's where my mukbangs come in and I don't want to change. That's like your cheat day basically. But it's every day. Every day is a cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you feel like you have to eat less calories or more calories or just eating the right type of like proteins? Less calories and more cardio. That's how you really lose weight. I hate cardio. I don't mind it. When you find a, like a hiking spot, it's cool. They're on a podcast. Oh, you just hike for cardio. Yeah. You should row. I would love to. Come borrow my rowing machine sometime. Have you seen his rowing machine? It's sick. It looks like 1970s, like that it, 70s show. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same rower from uh, House of Cards. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> I never finished it. So. Um, so what's your routine like? You work out every day. And do you have a routine now or is because you kind of have settled into a schedule with the mukbangs to working out? What's your what's your daily routine look like? Wake up, take out my dog, go to the gym and then edit a little. And then normally I'll have like two shoots and then I'll go do the two shoots and then I'll go edit at night and then I'll play video games and then I'm done. Where are you finding your workout plans? It, I feel like you're just Googling chest day workouts and saving the image and then posting it on your Instagram story. There's no plan. You're just kind of like opening up a, a issue of men's health and being like, oh, this is how I'm going to get ripped this summer. I don't even do the workout. I just post it on my Instagram story. You don't? You don't, you liar. It's like inspiration. Like sometimes I'll do like, oh, this is a good one, but I'm not doing the whole like thing i already have my routine see i'm too shy to post like what i'm actually working out on because i'm worried somebody who is like a fitness expert would be like wait why are you doing that i'm like well my trainer's telling me to do this but you want that i want someone to criticize me to be like yo you can do this better that's why i like putting a lot of the stuff that i do on the internet because then experts will reach out and try and help guide you how's that happen have people fitness people reached out and said yo you should work on this or do that this one trainer in like illinois reached out to me and she helped me do um counting macros so like she literally i like sent her money and she was just helping me figure out how to do macros from like um 
like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because once you hit certain macros throughout the day, that's kind of like what your body needs. And it kind of just... What are macros? It's like macronutrients. So like the yeah. difference between proteins, <laughs> carbs, and fats. I'm like nodding like I really know what macros are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just kind of eat and eat till I can. I have a problem where like I don't feel like I'm eating enough. I need to be eating way more. You look good. Oh, thank you. Well, no, not really. I've gone down in mass, dude, because of my hand injury. That's getting better, but I still feel like I may have a hairline fracture or a sprain but it gets better every day but it's been really annoying because i haven't been able to hit the gym and i have to watch your instagram stories of you hitting the gym <laughs> showing off these workouts that you're not really doing well, and next- seeing all these beautiful resor- results can i touch the pec one more time next time oh. don't get hit I- by a bike <laughs> it was a complete <laughs> blind spot where this guy came from and we've seen it since then like skateboarders have gone by other bikers people walking it it's just a hazard like we should post a sign there as like community wait the spot where he got hit yeah yeah it is a very dangerous spot or put those like um convex mirrors yeah for people to see what's coming your way where'd you get hit i got hit outside of the jimmy johns in north hollywood (laughs) that's stupid i know and i've said this story so many times what i do like about your instagram stories with like the fitness stuff is you usually see a lot of people that are taking the fitness very seriously (laughs) and you're literally drawing abs over your t-shirt and make like a joke out of it so it's not it's not as like pretentious to see your your workout story so it is kind of inspiring to see that because you make it into a funny thing thank you were you a fit kid did you have a sport growing up i used to weigh 50 more pounds than i do now my goodness i weighed 230 wow you used to be a big kid yeah i was always big really Mm -hmm. and but you weren't into sports though you just weren't I did sports and then I like gained a lot of weight and once I hit two, I was like always teetering on 225 and then once I saw 230 on the scale, that was like the big eye opener like, okay, dude, fix this. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? Uh, 23, 22. Were you living out here at that point? In New Jersey. New and, like, Jersey. I had a girlfriend, so it was like girlfriend weight and it was like, it's so hard when girlfriend you have a girlfriend. Girlfriend weight. Yeah. Oh, so you feel like when you get a girlfriend, you kind of stop working out because you're like, oh, somebody likes this. And then you go somebody... out to eat a lot and then you're eating her meal. And Yeah, I, I, I see that. But I feel like now lately having a girlfriend, I've been working out more because she works out a lot too. But... Now that we're older, it's different though. Like when you're 23, like all you could really go do is just like go to your job and then go eat lunch. But like now it's kind of different. I feel like. Yeah. I wish I just had enough money where I could have a chef who could just make me what my body should be taking in at that point. Because, like, it's hard making the food that you really do need rather than just eating anywhere else. You yeah, want. very time consuming. What are you uh, looking at? Is there a gopher? Uh, no, there's the the landscaper. He looks like a Ghostbuster. I know. I'm worried about this. <laughs> se- he really does. Like a Ghostbuster by day. I don't feel like this house is haunted, though. I feel like the neighborhood Cause is Because it's brand haunted. new. Well, the house is brand new, but or but see, all of the houses in this neighborhood are actually called bird style ranch houses, and they were all designed by this certain architect. But it's a the one. This is Joe a, is falling asleep. It's a piece, architect story. It's a piece of history. It's a piece of history. Because look at the, the 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 houses. You can see these fake little bird nests. On top of all the garages and uh, Whoa, that's windows. crazy. That's one so time sick. for uh, someone's birthday, Matt bought 
I think it was Claudia and Phineas. He we went to their house and he had purchased a coffee table book of like architectural styles of America. Yeah, oh the my fe- god, the field guide to American houses. <laughs> he is so into architecture; it is ridiculous. Yeah, because right when I went into their house, I go, "This is Spanish colonial house." Oh yeah, yep. This is definitely it. The stucco walls. Did the they invite you windows. back? <laughs> yes, clearly they did. And I knew so much already about their house that I had to buy Claudia the book to say, "Learn more about your house and other houses." I don't. I like. Like they do have a really there. sick house. It's got like like the archways are circular in between all the hallways, and the roof is like a, this traditional Spanish style roof. So it is a nice house. But Matt is very into they architecture. They got a nice pergola outside. Yeah. Oh, a pergola. <laughs> what do, you is that? A, do you know what a pergola is? I know purgatory. Oh well, it's the complete opposite. I know what a parakeet. Is. <laughs> a parakeet. A parakeet. <laughs> You're just going down all the etymologies of para para para. Dolphins. Um, in uh, no a pergola. A pergola is kind of like a an awning where you have uh, your patio where you kind of like sit under. It's usually like in a movie where the teenager is trying to get back in his bedroom because he's worried his parents are coming home. He has to climb up kind of the lattice fencing where the ivy grows and he gets on top of the pergola. And Texas goes, people, am I right? I know. Texas <laughs> That's people. literally what I was thinking in my head. So I have the honor right now of being sandwiched between two New Jerseyans. Do you call yourself New Jerseyans? Yeah, Marlboro and Alpen. Yeah. Mar- Marlboro? Mm-hmm. Like the cigarette. Yeah. We literally are from essentially the same town. It's like Studio City, North Hollywood. Were you guys high school rivals? Yeah, actually. Kind of. I I didn't really participate in sports, but I don't think... Were we rivals? Yeah, just because we were neighboring towns. But fun fact about Mike's town, Manalapan was on the MTV TV show High School Pranks and Stories. Wow, you're right. And they took the M... And the P-A-N off the school sign, so it said Anal, Anal High, High School. School. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And Were you there on... when it happened? No, it was before my time. It was, was like, like three years before you. Yeah, it was, it was. I wasn't in the high school yet. I also didn't go to Manalpin. I went to Freehold Township High School, which is a neighboring town. But like, there's like this borough in central Jersey where it's like Freehold, Manalpin, Marlboro, Colts Neck. It's like five towns all close together, and Joe and I essentially are from the same town. You guys might have been at the same games or something like we probably that, were. right? Because you are... Really close in age. You're 30. 26. You're not 26. <laughs> oh, man. As, as the words 30 were coming out of my mouth, and you corrected me to 26. I remember when Joe posted on his birthday, he goes, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm turning 23 with all my friends. I was like, Joe's only 23. <laughs> so you're 32. 31. Uh, no, 30. <laughs> Why would you make a joke that you're 30? Turning 23, aren't you just flipping the numbers? Usually people do that on their birthday. I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I w- I, did you go to high school sports games? No. Yeah, me neither. But, oh, actually, we did discover this, that uh, in that band that I was in that we talked about in Scott's episode, um, I played a show at the Stone Pony, which is the like premier seminal mm-hmm. rock and roll venue in New Jersey. Uh, right near where we're from. And there was a contest to play the Bamboozle Festival, which is like the regional like rock and roll festival, like the Lollapalooza yeah. or Coachella of New Jersey. And we played a show at the Stone Pony and the winner of like it was a contest and the best band got to play Bamboozle. We ended up winning and Joe was at the show and remembers being there watching us win. Whoa. Like 10 years ago. Crazy. Get out of here. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? You guys got to look back at photos to see if we were ever if like. you we were in it. Like Mike and I, the other day, we were looking up uh, a show of Childish Gambino back in 2010. No when he way. He was just starting to rap. And I looked it up at Emo's 
And I'm a tall guy, so I stand out in the crowd. And I was thinking, I'm sure I can find myself in this crowd. And sure enough, you see me. Some like just, YouTube video with 500 views. Matt's just in the concert at this tiny little venue with Childish Gambino before he was huge. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. And you're from Marlboro? Yeah. Like, Is it spelled like the cigarette? Yeah, it's because our town has like marl in the soil, so that's why it's called Marlboro. But it's not spelled like the cigarette. And we no, it is a cigarette. No, because the cigarette is spelt with a GH, right? No. No. There's a, and oh, oh, no. Really? Yeah. Oh. I thought you smoked. Oh, you just don't tell people? I used to smoke when I was younger, like in high school, like on the speech and debate. No, not in high school. Oh, my gosh. No, no, in no. I, I smoked in college when I was on the speech team. Terrible habit. But uh, <laughs> wait, there's marl. Is it is a type of uh, stone that they put in the soil? Yeah, it's like a red rock. Oh, do they still do that? Uh, probably. Like when you dig deep down, you find the marl in it. Did you know that your town was actually one of the first towns to ban cell phone use while driving? Yeah, I got tickets for it. <laughs> Whoa! So they're pretty strict about it still to this day, dude. When yeah. I lived in New Jersey, I've been pulled over like fourteen times. New Jersey pulls people over all the time. In LA, I've been pulled over zero times. Yeah, that is one thing I noticed out here is you drive around in New Jersey, like you'll see a cop that's pulling someone over. Basically, every single time you drive, you see someone get pulled over. Yeah, and in LA, you'll just see a cop just like on Snapchat, just like putting (laughs) on like a face filter while driving. It's crazy. Crazy Uh, how different it is. Is New Jersey the best place in the world? I love it. Do you still like it? Yeah. I I don't really know what New Jersey looks like, even though I've been to it. It's perfect. I have no it image really of it in my mind. Like, is it hilly? It's like, it's like a microcosm of the entire United States. Like, yeah. There's hills, there's towns, there's cities, there's everything. And like the South, people have Southern accents in Southern New Jersey. Like there's the Northern New Yorker style people. There's the farmland in the middle. It's like there's all of America is in New Jersey. Joe, what's the New Jersey accent? Mm, probably more like, I, I just pictured the Guido stuff just because the Jersey Shore. So like, oh, water. Yeah, but here's do, the thing do your about par- that. Do your parents have no. New Jersey accents? No. Uh, it's oh. not. That's the misconception. Jersey Shore is a bunch of people from Staten Island with Staten Island accents that moved to New Jersey. And that's why people think that that's the Jersey accent. But everybody that's actually from New Jersey, they sound like me and Joe. Yeah. Oh. We're from New Jersey. We have New Jersey accents. Do you think I have a Texas accent? You have a weird accent. <laughs> I don't know where you're from. <laughs> Just, yeah, like an upbeat Dallas boy. Like I'll have like twangs of country that comes out every now and then because I just like the sound of it and it sounds familiar to me, but no. But the accents in Texas, though, are very different, though. Yeah. Matt does this thing where he can do like the different accents from uh, like Garland and like well, Austin. Uh, well, yeah. Well, and- Dallas is more like, it's very like King of the Hill. Like, God damn it, Bobby. Like, well, ain't that something? How about that? And then, and then Houston, Houston's more accusatory. Oh my God. <laughs> like, how dare you? I work in oil. Do you know who I am? Do you have a 10 gallon hat, like an actual one? A what? A 10 gallon hat. A 10-gallon hat. It's like the oversized oh, cowboy hats. No. I'm the worst Texan. I don't own cowboy boots, and I've never really owned a cowboy hat. I had a cowboy hat when I was like a kid when we went to the stockyards, and I got it at What's a, a stockyard? Yeah, that's new to me. The Fort Worth <laughs> stockyards? What's that? Um, well, the stockyards are a historical place where it was basically the marketplace from where everybody would um, you know, herd down all of their cattle and then sell it to... All of the different. Where other did you live? <laughs> in Dallas, Dallas and Fort Worth, the Fort Worth stockyards. You know what? Move on. Let's. We're moving on from this. So, Joe, what kind of kid were you in high school? You weren't playing sports. You were. Uh, I was always into music, so I was like, I was also friends with everybody. I didn't really have like a clique. You were into music. 
Did Wait, you play you're not, music? Yeah, you're not a, you're a musician? Yeah, I play guitar, drums, piano. Pick up that guitar. Strum <laughs> us a little something. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I actually feel like that guitar is broken. Oh yeah, that guitar is broken. It's just broken on the... Wait, Joe's walking over to pick up one of Todd's broken guitars. That's... Zane actually broke it because he was sitting on his piano and the piano fell over and it. It looks like it. Willie Nelson's guitar now. Is this Green Day? Welcome back to Fresh Air. With- <laughs> <laughs> no, do you remember everyone's first song Like from my age was uh, Beauty and the Breakdown by Scene Aesthetic. Do you remember them? Yes. Oh, wait. Wait, come on, take a step towards me so you can figure it out. I've been hoping and praying for a single way to show you what I'm all about. Had the time to realize that we were wrong. Wow. I have, oh man, that made me so excited. I haven't been around somebody who knew the chords to that and knew that song as well as you did. Dude, when was the last time you heard that song? Oh. I bet I listened to it well, probably two or three years ago. Oh, really? when I like I DJed emo night one time, and I really wanted to put that one on there, but then I didn't uh, think it was that hype of an emo night song. Everyone who picked oh. up guitar—that was their first song they learned. That the and Green scene, Day. Oh yeah, the scene aesthetic, and then I love that one song, "The Alamo Is No Place for Dancing." Yep. Oh, I even forgot how that one went. But okay, so you were into music. You're a bit of an emo kid. Super. Emo. Anytime I walk up to the gym and you have the ox, <laughs> you're playing. All nonstop emo, <laughs> pop, punk, rock. A lot of that stuff started in New Jersey too. Like My Chemical Romance is a band from New Jersey. Um, drive Through Records. Drive Through Records. Yeah, who had all like Warp Tour. I think maybe started in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. I think California. Maybe California, but it you was were, huge. You were yeah. an early bird in the Warp Tour scene, right? Yeah. OG. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. Weren't what you, did you do? Didn't you? Weren't you really close with the band The Main? Yeah, I shot a bunch of videos for them, and then I did like. The Bamboozle guy, I did his festival, so I did all the skate and surf stuff. And then oh. the Rock and Carnival. Um, Shooting video for it. Yeah, there was Rock and Derby, and that was a demo derby music festival. And I was literally just standing there, and the guy who created it, John D., was like, yo, Joe, you want to be in the demo derby? I'm like, okay. So then they put me in a minivan car, and I was like in this demo derby with all these people from Shag to Cokie, New York. Whoa. And like people drove from like hundreds of miles to be in this demo derby because it's a huge thing there. And like there I am just like driving around like, do, 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 do. So and this had to have been in the MySpace days, right? No, this is 2016. So oh, like five okay. Years so ago. this is kind of like post emo MySpace hype yeah there were more like rock bands there i just remember like hollywood undead was there state champs were there but there was a lot more like heavier bands like um shinedown oh wow and like those kind of bands and did you already know someone really close in this scene or did you just show up to shows with a camera and went up to these artists saying hey can i shoot this stuff for you or did you just shoot it anyways and end up sending it to them to get their attention with the main i like made up this website that i bought like eight bucks on like wordpress and i like interviewed bands quote but like they were the first like real big band so like um i got an interview with them and then they like texted me they're like yo we got in a van accident like i'm like oh shit like are you okay i thought the interview was canceled but then they're like yeah it's cool we'll be there in an hour and like at this point i did like other bands would give me like one person like the guitarist or maybe the drummer but then when i got there like on the bus like all five of them were there i'm like whoa these guys are like cool like they care about their craft so i like did this really cool video with them um and it was supposed to be just that and they're like if you want to stay for the show you can uh, film more footage. So then I did. And then we just kind of just like hit it off. And then every time they were in New York, New Jersey, 
I always just met up with them and just filmed with them. Wow. That's the way to do it. And then from there, like, once you have, like, one person, like, the main, then, like, all these other bands in New Jersey want to shoot with you. And then that's how I ended up shooting with the um, music festival guy because he saw that I did stuff with, like, musicians and whatnot. And I became, like, his video guy. And then from there, like, other people, yeah. Cool. Yeah. One time I saw that there was a show for Skrillex in Austin and all of the tickets were sold out. And so I went on their website and saw that there was a press tab and I sent them an email saying that I worked for, I think like the the newspaper, uh, the student newspaper at UT and that I was a photographer and they gave me a free press pass. That's great. And I got to be like front row at Skrillex's show and I had no clue what I was doing. I was just like snapping away on my camera, but it was like a really great experience. But... so you were in like the press pit. I was in the press pit, like the area where the security guard is, in in, in all in the between fans. the crowd and, and the dude. Artists. That's the best spot to be. Yeah. yeah, but kind of at a Skrillex show though. I feel like I'm like still deaf to this day from being in that position. <laughs> I was not so prepared. Funny. There were all these other professional photographers with like proper earbuds and everything. I was just like my ears were bleeding. Did you get any good it. photos? Uh, yeah, pretty good photos. Are they live anywhere? Um, There's somewhere on my... Do Google Plus account still exist? The UT Hall of Fame. They're they're definitely on my Google Plus, if I can find them. I I was doing this one video with Derek Huff, the dancer guy, and he was doing like a collab with the singer from Breaking Benjamin. Oh my God. Dude, I had no idea. He was like, hey, do you want to come do this? I'm like, sure. So then I went out like an hour to the venue here in California and then I got there a little before him and the it was a whole tour and there was a band before them I'm like all right I'll go see who it is and I was the I had like the all access pass I was the only uh camera guy in the press pit and I'm, I'm like hearing the song like bow, 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 bow. it was fucking three days grace and they're singing I hate everything about you I'm like this is fucking awesome oh, wow it's so nuts wow that was like my favorite like what is happening moment that's really cool and that was you were in high school for this or no this is like six months ago oh (laughs) yeah yeah wait what yeah i time jumped (laughs) so you're from the past you're not from the future yeah okay you should see what 2021 is like it's crazy what is happening right now (laughs) i I have no clue i don't know matt gave me shrooms before (laughs) just a little bit just a little micro dose before the conversation i wanted him to loosen up and be as open-minded as he could okay so let's then take a step back not from six months ago but how long have you been in la now uh, four years. Four years. And did you come out here knowing anybody? No. I knew, like, my roommate, but I didn't know anyone in, like, industry. Like, I had no job or anything. Nothing was lined up. Oh, my goodness. What did were you, you doing before you moved out here? Uh, I just felt like I hit a glass ceiling in New Jersey of, like, everyone that I was shooting videos for. Like, I got to the top of where I could, and I knew that there was no way to, like, not not even move up, but, like, I shot with the biggest names that I could possibly find in New Jersey, and I knew I didn't like New York because I hated getting on the subway, lugging my equipment, snow, rain, um, I just didn't, I wasn't a city boy like that. So right. I figured test my luck out in LA and see what happens. And did you go out on any job interviews or did you just start reaching out to other social media creators? Or? <laughs> I found my, e- my email. I, I reached out to someone to be a paparazzi guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, Wait, you asked him to be his own paparazzo? Or? No, I found like this paparazzi company. I was like, Hey, how's this work? Like, what can I do? <laughs> Whoa! Did you ever end up doing it? No. Oh, can you? Yeah. Imagine? Have you seen the Hollywood Fix? That's Joe. <laughs> I would love that job, dude. I called it from the beginning when I first saw his channel. It's the best channel ever. Oh yeah, that's the YouTube channel where the guy just goes up to holds all up of his the... iPhone and and asks the TikTok kids what they're up to, and then 
just uploads an iPhone video that's six minutes long, unedited. And, and doesn't he just hang outside of their house? Yeah, their house, Saddle Ranch, wherever. He just, it's, yeah, the it's Hollywood, a crazy job. The Hollywood fix. Yeah, but I, I reached out to that. Like, my plan B was to work at, like, this pizza shop just right where I was living just to make money. But uh, my original plan was reach out to these models and shoot, like, video photo for them. But I assumed, like, clothing companies would send me stuff, and then they hired me to make videos with all these people because I had this little network. But then it didn't really happen. And then that's when I, like, I linked up with Jason Nash first. And then that's kind of my, my ticket into the influencers. Right. And you met Jason Nash at, like, a step and repeat, meet and greet kind of a thing? Were you in line to meet Jason, or were you taking photos? I paid Jason's meet and greet for $25. You did not. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- there was this app that was coming out and they like hired me to shoot event photos for them. And Jason like walked right in front of me and it was right when Vine was dying. And I was like, hey, man, I'll do anything you want. Like um, if you need help shooting videos like YouTube, because and he's like, oh, I want to get into YouTube. Perfect. And then like his first videos on his YouTube channel, like I helped shoot with him. And wow. Then, did there, you shoot his old intro yeah, on the beach? Me. Whoa. Because that's what I was doing. Like, do you remember the girl? Yeah. Yes. So like I shot like a video for her and then I was like, hey, Jason, like let's come here. We'll figure something out together. And then that like we did. I did two videos that day, one for the model girl and then one for Jason. And like I just intertwined the footage and then Jason ended up using that intro for like two years. Was that intro your idea? Um, that's just kind of what, like what my niche was at the time was like shooting these like 45 second minute videos for these models and then hoping that like clothing companies would reach out and send me stuff and hire me to shoot like promo videos for them. You shot videos for models. Yeah. Is this how you met your girlfriend? Uh, kind of not really. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and did you hit it off with Jason immediately or was it like a one and done and then like you linked up with him later or did you immediately hit it off and start working together on more stuff? The first three times he canceled on me. Uh, I forgot why just like life happened and I was like, okay, like it's totally fine. Like eventually like there's going to be the right time. That's just kind of like with everything that's like worthwhile. And then eventually he was like, Hey, I'm free tomorrow. Can you do it? I'm like, sure. So then we just like got together, shot a couple of videos, and then from there, kind of just ran forward with it. Hope you're enjoying this episode. We're just going to take a quick break to give a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now back to the episode. Okay. And then so you started making videos with Jason. And then you got involved with Brandon Rogers, who I love. And I know Brandon Rogers has been making videos for quite some time now. And he has an incredible like pace and energy and style to his videos. When did you get involved with him? I started shooting these comedy sketches on Instagram, inspired by David's vlog style, but more um sketch based so like there was a storyline and like people were in costumes and whatnot and i did like one every single day for a full year that was my goal to do 365 of them 
and, and upload like, them on YouTube on Instagram because okay. I was just growing my Instagram. That's all I wanted to focus on. Was it kind of in that Brandon Rogers style, almost like good neighbor stuff, characters where it's like a person just like talking to the camera and you kind of like maybe ask a little question every now and then, but it's just them and all of these different kind of bits of them talking. It's hard to explain. The people who know the style know what I'm talking about. But The difference was that I would be talking more throughout the camera with the character and turns out Brandon liked like three of my videos on Instagram. And this is like literally the day after me and Annalise, my girlfriend, found his YouTube channel. So we binge-watched, like, 10 of his videos. <laughs> and then the next day, he, like, liked my photos, liked my videos on Instagram. And I was like, hey, Annalise, come here. This is fucking nuts. What are the odds? So then, like, we're looking through it. Like, I just, I was like, holy shit. Like, he liked my stuff. So then I DM'd him. And then, like, we ended up shooting, like, three days later at Burbank High School. What was the bit? Um... He was like this gym coach or something, and he was like going around just yelling at kids. Oh, you shot that one? Yeah. I think I've seen that one. I also did, I did his new series. Do you see Blame the Hero? Um, no, I haven't. It's a seven-part series. It's incredible. But like I shot that entire thing, and it's something I'm really proud of. If you can, go watch it. It's really good. What's it called? Blame the Hero. And where can we find it? YouTube? On Brandon's YouTube channel. Okay. But it won cool. like it won two streamies and it was just very cool to see something that like we put so much work in because it took six months to do. And like I was doing it three days a week and it like he won awards for it. It was so fucking cool. So you helped Jason out with editing, Brandon Rogers out with editing. When did you get involved with David? Um, it was like Jason and then from there I kind of met David because that's when Jason and David were like shooting together, and then I got Josh, and then just from there, kind of like networked from there. And you started out with shooting, right? Holding the camera, or were you doing editing stuff too? Both. I've always done both. Just because if I'm shooting it, then I'm the best one to edit it because I know the storyline. I know everything that we're doing. Are you as technical as David, or are you more technical or less? I'm like the perfect middleman from like amateur to really professional because like I'm like really shitty good. But like, so for example, uh, if David obviously has the rhythm for editing his style of vlogs, but if there's something that needs to be blurred out or he wants to do like a crazy intro or some weird special effect, Joe is the guy that can do that. And you're not going to get hired by Lucasfilms to do Star Wars effects. But like for David's vlogs, the level of creative and technical ability that Joe has is way better than anything I think any of us can do. So Joe's like our go-to video guy who knows, what is it, Final Cut, Premiere, what do you use? Both. Yeah, but, exactly. So you use both? And that's See? what I've always wanted to be. Like, I don't, I feel like everyone can be the best. Like, everyone can buy the most expensive camera and figure out how to use it. But, like, I don't know. There, I feel like there's a perfect skill, especially for internet, from having something really shitty to having it be really good. Because you want it to be, like, homegrown, and that's really what hits with people. Like, I think the fact that everyone's like, oh, I could do this. That's what really resonates with the viewer. It still mm-hmm. feels handmade. It doesn't feel like you sent it off to a production house at like some studio that's going to f- do the, the video edit for you. It's still... And there's four people working on it and they're all work like making decisions together. Like there's there needs to be the perfect medium for like internet videos, I feel like. And then that's where I fall under. Do you ever want to go above and beyond and be a part of a bigger movie production? I would, but even like with big budget movies, like... I, I think like the Cloverfield type movies where it's like found hand, footage. Yeah, I think yeah. those are so cool. Like, like just Blair the, Witch Project or yeah, I think I think those are just incredible. Like how they make them. Right. That's just something that I've always. That's the kind of movie that I want to do. Have you written something like that? And I'm not really into the writing. Matt and I, or I shared an idea with Matt. Maybe that could be something. Oh yes. No, it's a good idea, but it either should be an HBO miniseries or one chunk of it needs to be cut out. I'll tell you the idea afterwards. Okay. 
Maybe that's something we can make. That would be cool. You don't want to tell it now? No. No. I don't need some other person who, like, dad works at a studio to make this movie right now for the next <laughs> three months. And it comes out, and they're like, God damn it, we shouldn't have said it on the podcast. It's a good idea, and I'm not squashing on it, but I do also want to, like, make a video of you just explaining it, the movie, and then just, like, have some, like, 2D animation of... Like a storyboard? A storyboard. Like, you know, like Drunk History, where you're explaining <laughs> yeah. the plot of the movie, but just have people, like, reenact it. Because it is good, but there's this, like, third element to it it's, that I think is, I don't know, It's a, a movie little... I came up with, like, ten years ago. Um, I was just, I it just one of those things where I just had an idea, and then I was with a friend, and I was like, would this be a cool idea for a movie? And I just literally, like, stream of consciousness said this whole movie out, wrote it down, and I have had it in the back of my head for the last ten years. I told it to Matt, like, a couple weeks ago, and he's like... It's good, but this is a lot. And like, you either need to do one half or the other half, or like make it a mini series. But I haven't shared it with anybody, so I'd, I'd be interested to share it with you and see what you yeah, think. Yeah, I'd we'll love talk to hear about it. it after. We're totally teasing the audience right now. I think you should make a movie with Sad Bobby, but like Godzilla, and, oh. buy, <laughs> and buy a set of a cityscape and have him just like climb through it. That'd be nuts. Do you like your dog? Love him. Still obsessed. He's everything I've ever wanted. Really? What uh-huh. kind of dog is he? He's a Brussels Griffon. Wow. Are they all sad? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're the they're the inspiration for Chewbacca. There's two types: short hair, which is Bobby, but then the long hair, which looks like Chewbacca. Wow. What's it a mix of? It has like a French bulldog face. He's his own breed. Like he's his own thing. But I think like parts of him is like pug, Chihuahua, um, Pokemon, m- Pokemon, part Pokemon, <laughs> Pikachu. Yeah. Now, whose idea was it to get this breed of the dog? Was this your dream or was it your girlfriend's dream? When I first moved to L.A., I bought a dog leash and I'm like, I'm going to get a pug. And then I never got one because the place that I was living in was no animals. And so I held on to this leash for forever. And my girlfriend always wanted one, too. But she wanted a chihuahua and I wanted a pug. And this Brussels Griffon was literally the perfect mix of both. Who found it? She was in an Urban Outfitters and she saw this (laughs) dog and she overheard the lady talking about what the breed is. So then she sent me a picture of it and then it took like three months to try and find one. And I emailed, I'm not getting every single breeder on the AKC website <laughs> to try and get this guy. And it failed three times. So then finally we had to go out to Oregon and get him. But I was like reaching out to everybody in like Because they're rare dogs. Maine, Florida, Texas. It's so hard to find. <laughs> Wait, I think it's hilarious that you bought a leash without even owning a dog. That's like Jim like, Carrey writing himself the $10 million check when he gets to Hollywood. But <laughs> I get a dog. <laughs> or it seems like a really sad way to like pick up girls. Like you go like or down the street and you just have the leash. Like I lost my dog. Oh my gosh. It was the cutest dog ever. Can you help me find it? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you poor baby. I, no, I, I like the manifestation of like, I'm going to get a dog and this leash will be held by a cute pup at one day in the future. See, I literally went to the dog, the, at the pet store and I went out and bought the leash like specifically. I'm like, I'm going to get it today. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you got it, when you got Bobby, it was very exciting and it was like it was almost like a gimmick because it was just like so absurd to have this small little sad face dog, little puppy. It's great for a week, but then you think, eh, is this still going to be fun six months, a year later and you you still so obsessed. happy with the decision. 100%. We uh, want to get more. More, more of uh, the Griffin Brussels Griffons or just Brussels, different dogs? Brussels Griffon. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like it's like a little cult. Like we have these little meetups with other Brussels. Yeah, in I've seen LA. those. Are there a lot of people with this dog? Not like a crazy amount, but like we we when we go to the parks, there's like twenty of them sometimes. And like we saw the one 
that uh, Annalise saw at Urban Outfitters, which is crazy. Wow. Or like, I like, went up to him, like, you changed our life. This is fucking crazy. This is happening right now. <laughs> is Sad Bobby the most popular one out of all of them? Like, there, are you guys famous in the Brussels Griffon community? I think he's the second most followed Brussels. There's one in Australia. He's really cute. What's his name? I think Squid the Griff. Squid the Griff. Yeah, he's really goofy. Name your dog Squid. Very goofy looking. My favorite thing is when Joe and I will be talking on FaceTime and then he goes, oh, Bobby wants to say hi. And then I'll have like a 15 minute conversation with Bobby over FaceTime. And it's just Joe talking in the background. And then afterwards, I'll get a text from Bobby, like a selfie, like, hey, what's up? If you could have any animal, though, like any animal in the world as a pet as a pet ethically though ethically if the animal was down and could be uh habitual with a human what type of animal would you get my answer is gonna be so awful what what a tiger a tiger really <laughs> fuck yeah oh, that was on my crossword the other day it was a bengal tiger yeah they're so cool what would you have? Um, oh, I think a monkey. Yeah, I would I, say. I get monkey fever on TikTok, and TikTok knows it. There's this. Do you know what kind? Like a chimp, an ape? The, the one that's, the, different ones? the one that you always see with like street performers. The one who can like play the accordion and ride around on a bike. Is that I, a chimpanzee or it's, an orangutan? It's, it's or the a, one, like all the movies in the 90s. Dunstan checks in? No, that was an orangutan. Okay. Ross's, Do you remember the, the Ross's mo- monkey. Or Ross's monkey? From Friends. Oh, the movie Marcel. where he's the baseball player. Fred? Hmm? Wait, oh, that's a chimpanzee. <laughs> well, no, Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc was in a movie in the 90s where he's a baseball player and he ends up getting a chimpanzee. I remember. It's pretty cool. I'm sure it's called like Fred or Frank or something. No, it mine's the one from the movie Monkey Trouble. Remember the girl <laughs> from American Beauty and she has like a red cap and it's on backwards and the monkey used to be a thief but becomes friends with her. There's a lot of monkey movies in the 90s. And then I realized, I think they realized how unethical it was and then at all i feel like a monkey is also a very utilitarian of a pet like people will train their dogs to get the newspapers but you can like you can have a monkey be like a good house like a roommate like oh yeah they'll help you clean up and like get you food <laughs> and uh, undo boxes that you get in the yeah. mail <laughs> they love it this monkey on tiktok I, I i can't help but just like watch it get curious and like sniff things out and open it it's it's a cute monkey i think i would have a monkey mike what kind of animal would you have i think i would get some sort of monkey i think that they're so the only time i've ever seen a monkey in real life i went to costa rica and they're wild in costa rica they're just like in the trees and they're kind of used to humans you, you can kind of see them up close but it's so almost human that it's like i just want to be around them and like interact and like yeah. you ever seen videos of coco the gorilla yes the Where, one that could do sign language yeah like robin williams hangs out hung out with her like flea from chili peppers played bass with her and like it speaks it's a gorilla that learned sign language and can communicate feelings and thoughts and like had a pet cat and would ex- oh i'm sad i'm happy and it's like this proto-human animal that you can interact with it's so cool are there any because coco the gorilla died right yes unfortunately oh and there's even a sadder story where the cat died too yeah and robin williams and they told when they told coco that robin williams died the the gorilla mimed sad and started crying no yes there's a video I, i'm pretty sure coco the gorilla oh wait coco the gorilla did pass away recently so that williams. does make sense yeah they told the gorilla that robin williams passed and the gorilla was like they it said our friend robin died and the gorilla started crying 
So have any other gorillas learned sign language? I think there was something special about Coco that her brain was like a little bit more advanced or something, but it was, yeah. That's crazy. Do you know any sign language? <laughs> you guys sound delusional. <laughs> we sound delusional. Why? We're talking ta- This is about, real scientific yeah. stuff. There's videos of this on YouTube. It's the most famous gorilla on, in the world, Joe. What do you find fascinating? What, what keeps you up at night, Joe? <laughs> Monkeys. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you not have interest in this kind of thing? No, I think it's cool. (laughs) But why? uh, What I'm also curious about monkeys is, you know, you always see them with diapers on, but monkeys are really smart. Why? If you can potty train a cat, why can't you potty train a monkey? Because monkeys just, I think, involuntarily poop whenever they want because they're used to being in trees. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we've domesticated them enough. Anyway, Joe, (laughs) what's your favorite camera lens? <laughs> this is what Matt and I do. Sometimes we'll just get off on these like tangents and rants and start looking things up, Wikipedia articles, then we'll find a movie scene that's about the thing and memorize a movie scene. And like we just we go down these rabbit holes of oh, I could definitely yes. tell the rabbit hole for yeah. sure. Uh, we're gonna memorize a scene from Casino next, oh, right? Yeah. Are you actually? Yeah, yeah, we that's like our thing. Matt and I will like remember like like small not monologues but dialogues between two people like iconic stuff like we have the opening scene of the social network pretty down did no. you know that there are more people in china living with a genius iq than there are of any kind living in the united states that can't possibly be true but my question is how do you no, distinguish you yourself from a population Mike. of people who all got a 1600 on their sats i didn't even know they take the sats in china they don't but or no yeah whatever we got i have to practice that i haven't I wasn't done in talking a while. about them i was talking about me you got a 1600 yeah well, whatever all right, all right. We, we, we got a you guys are a hoot and a half. Hey. Uh, okay, so I'm a little sucker for romance. I love a good love story. You have been with your girlfriend, Annalise. Lovely, lovely, sweet lady, Annalise. For how long now? Too long, am I right? Uh, you guys have been together for what, two years? I think three, three and a half. Aww. Yeah. Do you want to look that up and double check before this gets printed? Yeah, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll double down. Three and a uh, half. <laughs> how did you two meet? Uh, through shooting Instagram videos. Oh, so you met up with her and shot an Instagram video of her? Uh-huh. And then I shot uh, like photos for her. And then from there, we kind of just like kept hanging out. And then we fell in love. Did she slide in your DMs or you slid into her DMs? We had a mutual friend who like brought um Annalise around and then I started like shooting with her yeah go on explain more um <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know I guess it we just did like more fun activities of like LA stuff and it was like really exciting to just go out and do like events and like everywhere that like I could go like I but brought did, her. what was the transition from like this is a working relationship to this is a romantic one how did you make that transition um it never really was like a working one like it was always like I don't know. It was like always flirty. I think from the beginning. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's not like a meeting at the office. Like in a in a meeting, you're kind of doing a fun shoot, hanging out. It all kind of feels nice and light from the start. I got really lucky too meeting her. Like she w- she was in L.A. for like five years and she hadn't dated anybody, like a single person. And then she met me, and then like we started dating. And I met her like five months after moving into L.A. So, like, it's pretty crazy, like, how fast I was able to find someone that I actually clicked with. And, uh-huh. yeah, but she was, like, waiting for so long. Like, because she said... Cause w- she, waiting she, for the right guy? Yeah. Uh. No, but, like, also, she just, like, I think L.A. people are just very different. Yeah. Where is she from? Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she has more of the hometown vibe, and then so do I. And, like, yeah. Oh, and you guys just click that way. Yeah, it was very, very easy, very smooth transition. 
And she loves you a lot. <laughs> I hope. And all through the changes of your hairstyle, your beards, the, everything. Does she is does she like all the crazy do's that you do? Not the pineapple. <laughs> not she didn't like the pineapple. Did she like the mustache with the hair, with the sunglasses in the back? Did that she, that one she thought was funny. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did she like the one where it was just like the top of your the hairline all the way down? The she strap. dug that one. She thought that one was funny too. Does she ever say like, okay, Joe, the bit's over. Get a real haircut? Yeah. Only on the pineapple one. The other she just let didn't like it's cool. Just let it run as long as you want. She thinks they're hilarious, except for the pineapple one. <laughs> How many hairstyles have you gone through now? I think twelve. <laughs> twelve different hairstyles. Did you see the thing that Jeff made? Yeah, my poster. Yes. Oh yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. We went down to the Photoshop where I get my film developed, and the guy working there uh, said, "Did you guys see what Jeff made?" That's so and he funny. pulls it out, and it's you know those posters that are in barber shops that have all the different hairstyles that you can pick and choose from. Jeff had a poster made of all of the different hairstyles Joe has had. It looks so good. It looks yeah. like you would see it in a real barbershop and then like double take like wait a minute what, is, there, is that a pineapple is there sunglasses <laughs> in the back of his head because it looks like a real like 1990s oh get the flip up in the front get us fade but it's just joe with all his ridiculous <laughs> the absurd. tennis ball yeah. <laughs> is there a hair design that you have in mind for the future that you have not done yet i mean the possibilities are really endless for you but yeah it's really hard because even when i think of something it's like people will comment and like tag someone else who's done it before me and they're like you're copying them but like it's a fucking tennis ball. Come on. And I wanted to do the world and turns out someone else did that. And then even the pineapple, someone else did that. Like, so it's really hard to try and come up with something no one's done. You want to do an original one every time? Yeah. I mean, the goal is to try and do something just, just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you got Dennis Rodman's attention though, right? He, Which he is like the peak person of crazy, wacky hairstyles and colors to get the attention of. I love that dynamic and relationship. Can you talk about what happened with Dennis Rodman? Yeah. Um, so he followed me on Twitter right in the middle of the Last Dance documentary, and I DM'd him, and he didn't respond. He didn't respond, but he just followed you? Yeah. Does oh. he still follow you? Yeah. Has he liked or retweeted anything you've posted? No. And, and this was in the middle of the Last Dance documentary? I don't get it. So he was like watching the documentary and then Did you tweet you? about him he was the documentary? He was probably watching the documentary and then went on Instagram, saw my haircut, and he's like, hey, this is a cool guy, and then followed me. That's not what happened. It's probably what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened. He was probably texting Michael, and Michael was like, yeah, dude, follow him. <laughs> uh, would you go to North Korea if he asked you to? I thought about that. <laughs> that honestly crossed my mind. What if he wants me to be his videographer? What if you just have like the North Korean flag as your entire head? I would love if you met him. I think that that's such a nice like peak Everest for you to climb is to hang out with Dennis Rodman. That's my glass ceiling. Like I would hit the top. Does he live in LA? I think so. Uh -huh. I watched an interview about the making of The Last Dance with the producers, and they said that they tried to get him for like three months, and he would cancel every single time, and they finally locked him down for like three hours they were supposed to have with him in a hotel room. Oh, he man. showed up like two hours late, so then they only had an hour with him, and they were like, okay, so this is going to be about your time in the 90s with the Bulls, and all he wanted to talk about was North Korea, and they got like 10 minutes of usable footage, and that's why he's in the documentary so little, because he, he couldn't focus. He was like on his phone texting would it and they're like no dennis this is about your time in the 90s like I, you can watch it on youtube the, the guy has an explanation of why dennis robin's not in the documentary at all oh my god i can't wait to watch it you yeah. i feel like you and him would get along so well yeah we it, would my goal dennis if you're listening i want to dye my hair orange and then shave in the basketball lines and i want to have a photo of him holding my head 
That's that's my goal. Why well, don't you well, Photoshop that and then manifest it? Like when you bought the leash, like Photoshop a version <laughs> of it and then manifest it to make it real. I could do that. That could be an idea. I like that. Well, okay. we should we should reply to his email then because he wanted to be on this. Oh podcast. yeah, he asked us to be on the podcast. So oh, we'll, really? yeah, we'll yeah. have him. We'll have him on, and then you can. Are you come cutting on. this part out? Uh, cutting this part out? Yeah, that you're gonna be on his podcast. That's a joke. This he is a joke. Really it's a joke, oh! Joe. <laughs> Your, your eyes kind of widened up for a second. Yeah, because you're my fucking ticket to meeting him. <laughs> okay, Dennis Rodman did not reach out. We no, totally he did not. He did not. He did not. Oh, my God. Sorry to crush your spirit, Joe. <laughs> what was your first job? Um, I worked at a supermarket. I was the cart boy. Cart boy? Yeah, I just went outside and collected carts. It was oh. great. Oh, my God. You could just walk around the entire shopping center wow. and no one would find you. Which, which shopping center was it? Acme. Wow. It, it closed down. But dude, because like it was a huge shopping center. So like I can go get carts all the way down at Subway and be gone for like 20 minutes and no one would know where I was. Yeah. It's not like you have to work in the store and like there's customers you're dealing with or like the cart job was the best job to have if you worked at a supermarket. I have a couple friends from high school that worked the carts. It was the best. Because you, you're basically autonomous and you can you have so much. You can be outside in like the nice weather. Sometimes obviously it's really cold in New Jersey, but you have um, a headphone in. Yeah. You just, you're just chilling, just walking around, getting exercise, pushing carts around. <laughs> yeah. Hanging it, out. Dude. And then you get a Sunday. They pay you an extra dollar an hour. You like, get a bit of a tan. Yeah. Literally. What happens if it snows? Oh, yeah, usually uh, the supermarkets are empty when it's snowing. Then oh. you're bag boy. Oh, all right. Still same thing. Pretty I used good. to do that when I was at Chuck E. Cheese. I used to. You worked at Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, we've never talked about this? No. Chuck E. Cheese is. What's that? Is it? It's possessive. It's Chuck E. Cheese is. Like, what? it's his place. Like, it would be like Joe's Pizza. It wouldn't be called Joe Pizza. The name of the establishment is T- Chuck E. Cheese's? Chuck E. Cheese's. It's oh. not Chuck E. Cheese. His last name is Cheese. That's his middle why. name, well, his middle name is E. It's his... a- Entertainment. Yeah, right. Chuck Entertainment Cheese. Charles, Chuck e. Charles it's, it's, Entertainment Cheese. You're it's right. Chuck e. <laughs> it's Chuck E. Cheese's. No, it's not. It's just Chuck E. Cheese. Why would you name a place just after like someone's name? You gotta like. So it's like, you're saying it's like McDonald's. Yes, it's not McDonald's. Like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, I'm pretty. I I've never heard anyone ever besides for you call it Chuck E. Cheese's. Yeah, Texas Chuck E. People. Cheese is the guy. Chuck E. Cheese's. It's is not the name Pizza of the restaurant. Huts. But it is Domino's. Because it's a <laughs> hut. It's not someone's name. <laughs> no, I, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. We edit this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the title of Chuck E. Cheese debate. <laughs> I worked at Chuck E. Cheese's. And what I, were you? I, what was I? I yeah. was the game room attendant. And I worked the front desk making sure that everyone who came together left together. Oh, and that's cool. And I worked the prize stand. I was going to work at Six Flags, but it's too far. I got the job, though. You what did, were you going to do? You did, like... Oh, go on. I was going to do uh, games and like on the arcade area. I was going to be like the boardwalk stuff. <laughs> Just like stuff. A, a carny. Yeah. Come on down. I, oh, I would have loved it. Did you go to Six Flags a lot? Yeah. Oh, my God. When I was 23, that was my life. <laughs> I bought the season pass and then they had a food pass for 100 bucks where you can go there and every time you go, you get a free meal. Is there a Six Flags in New Jersey? Yeah. It's like the best one in America. 25 minutes away. Well, the Six Flags in Texas is the first Six Flags. And you know why? There's a ride in Texas that you black out on. It's not a good one. No offense, uh, no wait, offense, Six Flags. Th- Thunder Mountain or wait, what do you mean you black out? Because like the G force gravity just makes you pass out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. There's the, one ride there that's too the, much. The drop no. or the Texas Titan, maybe. Mm. The one in New Jersey is like known to be one of the best ones. We had King Daka when that came out. It was the tallest roller coaster, and there would be like documentary crews and like roller coaster enthusiasts that would come from all over the world to come and ride the new rides at the New Jersey Six Flags. Do you know why it's called Six Flags? 
Six Flags over Texas, I think, something, right? Yes. What does because that mean? Texas was the only territory in the United States that technically has had six flags flown over our land, meaning we were once part of Spain, we were once part of Mexico, we were once part of France, we were once part of the United States, we were also part of England, we were, we were once part, part of, of Texas. Th- <laughs> so it's, that's the six flags. I'm pretty sure those are the six. There was a fire it, in the New Jersey one. In the New Jersey Six Flags? Mm-hmm. During Fright Fest. Ooh. Yeah, it was really bad. That's freaky. Yeah. Did you go to Fright Fest? All the time. I loved it. We went to Fright Fest together. We did. Yeah. That was a, I love Six Flags. That was really spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe basically had to follow Zane and I around all of these haunted houses filming ourselves, which is probably pretty frightening enough because you're having to focus on two people getting scared. Meanwhile, you're getting scared on top of it. That was one of my favorite brand deals I ever got to be part of. That's like being a videographer. Like when people get brand deals, they need someone to come out. And like yeah. that one with Zane and Matt was so much fun because we got to cut the line. We got free passes. Like they treated us like kings. Oh, yeah. We had like the Diamond Plus pass, which meant we could get 50% off all merch, free drinks. And there's they another. They serve drinks, like adult drinks? Uh, that one no. they did. Really? Yeah, there was beer at that one. Oh, uh, but I think the free drinks we get aren't alcoholic drinks. They're like soft drinks. But they serve alcoholic drinks during Fright Fest? Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. I don't think that's true. I could be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're Um, not going to die on that hill. Nah. (laughs) Somebody thought I was Logan Paul. I was just going to say that. That's like my biggest memory of that day. What happened? We're just like walking and someone goes, yo, Logan Paul. (laughs) And Matt just like turns around. Because I had bleach blonde hair and my hair was really, really long. Oh, and then we're walking and someone goes, Welcome to Chili's. Wow. Someone one time reached out to do a brand deal with Matt, and they were like, hey, we love your vine. Welcome to Chili's. And we were wondering if you'd recreate that with him. We're like, this is not. You got the wrong guy. Oh, man. I know. Shout out to the Perkins twins. But uh, nope, that is not me. One time a pro uh, football player, when we were in Michigan um, at that bar, yeah, we were there for that Wendy's brand deal, uh, came up to me. I don't even remember his name because I don't watch sports, but he was like, Oh yeah, dude, I loved your vines so much. Can I buy you a drink, please? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. He's like, yeah, I played pro football, um, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, dude, my fate. And right when they hand me the beer and it's in my hand, I take my first sip. He goes, my favorite vine of yours is like, welcome to Chili's. <laughs> And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was like, do I turn down this beer? Do I say it's not me? Because this dude was huge. and could. I don't think he would have been that upset. But I really wanted to make his night and just drink my beer in peace. Yeah, you don't want to make a fool out of a football player that's buying you a drink. So I said, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's so funny. Joe, are you still doing your podcast? Don't you have a podcast on your YouTube channel called like the Teeny Tiny Podcast? Well, it's a part of the Views Podcast. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's in the middle of David and Jason. They'll do a little break, and he gets like what ninety seconds? Twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> he gets twenty five seconds to do Joe's Teeny Weeny Podcast, and it's in the middle of Views. And what do you, what do you do for those twenty five seconds? Anything I want. <laughs> I brought a mime on once and interviewed him. That was fun. Oh. <laughs> interviewing a mime on an audio podcast that's brilliant there's no audio version of it though it's just a video though no No, it it wasn't audio but um it it was it was like a few months ago it was a it was a good time do you still do it not really anymore management 
<laughs> but you still do your mukbangs and you're still uploading your vlogs yeah every monday wednesday and friday are you having a great time doing it oh my god the mukbangs like are so much fun i like that you found that for yourself like i remember before you were doing the mukbangs we were talking about how do you decide it's so hard to decide what to do when you don't really have a format uh and once you find that format it makes your life just so much easier and something that you can build and grow and the mukbangs are working out great for you so I'm, I'm just so happy you found that thanks yeah it's so much fun just like hitting up all these restaurants because that's great promo for them too and a bunch of people love it because they're like oh my god i can't wait to go there now so yeah i love doing it we ate lobster the other day and it was delicious lobster and we were kind of coming full circle i didn't realize it because we had ate lobster the first time i didn't we realize did we did one and then we just did lobster well hopefully it won't be the last i really enjoy doing it and if you. you ever need a vegan or a kosher guest i'm, ju I'm just saying <laughs> i've been your friend for two and a half years already never been asked once but stop no, there's no a, grudges being there's that, what's that really good kosher place we've been to uh, the one that's like actually has meat <laughs> uh, uh, Tel, Tel Aviv Grill. Oh, it's so good. And oh, there's also cool. Jeff Sausage Factory. There's a whole bunch of kosher restaurants on Pico. I didn't know Jeff opened a sausage factory. It's not that Jeff. It's a different, <laughs> Jeff. It's a different Jeff. I thought he only did hair. No, he does do hair. It's a different Jeff. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm 1,000% sure. Hmm. I well, think Jeff was still living in Staten Island when this guy opened up his location. But I'll, I'll have to double check that. Where did you go to college? Montclair State University. Montclair. Oh. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Adam Melcher went to Montclair. Oh, do you know Adam Melch? Mm. He was in the music program. No, because we I didn't really mesh with anyone else there. What 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 did you study in college? Filmmaking. Was that a part of the arts program, like the film or theater and Yeah. Did were you, you have any friends? Nope. Were you, <laughs> were you in a frat? Nope. Um, were you in any clubs? Nope. What was your favorite? Joe, first of all, Joe goes, hold on, college will be really interesting to talk about. We just asked him for four questions in a row. Nope. 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 This was your idea to talk about college, Joe. You can expand on one question. What was your favorite class? I didn't take class. <laughs> Joe! Because I wanted to... Everyone wants to know, is college worth it? Okay. That's like the biggest thing. So you have something you want to talk about college. Clearly our questions are not what you want to talk yeah. about. So Joe, tell us your things, your feelings about college. Was college helpful for filmmaking? Was it worth it? How does it help you in today's life? I don't know. That's the big topic of debate. Okay, well, let's hear your so thoughts. So do you think college is worth it? I mean, it, it definitely helps you round you out as a person, but as far as like a lot of aspects, uh, most of it that you learn, especially with filmmaking, is out in the field and like getting to know people. And like a lot of the stuff that I learned was when people took me under their wing and like kind of like showed me the ropes. Yeah, that's very important. What too. did you learn in college? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it just, just having that responsibility and like showing up to classes and like studying, it kind of just makes you round you out more as a person. Not necessarily like I learned like one physical thing that helped me today, but like, I guess it just helped me want to chase everything more. So what would you recommend to someone who wants to be in film or videography or editing? Um, if I could do anything differently, like I went to community college for the first two years really to save money. And then I went to the four-year school because you still get your same bachelor's degree whether you do community or not. Um, so, like, I went to Brookdale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Brookdale. Yeah, that was the community college where Our you could go for two years and transfer. Our community college was Brookhaven. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. I remember one of my friends from high school, he just knew he wasn't going to go to college. So, But he, it's like back then it was a lot of social pressure to go to college. So he went to Brookdale and signed up for classes 
And he, they were like, do you want to pay for your semester right now? And he was like, sure. How much is it? And he literally paid with the money in his wallet. Cause yeah. it was just so, it was like $57 to go to Brookdale. And that's how much just regular college was though. Back in like the sixties, right? Yeah. In the sixties uh, yeah. you can, you, this college is like $2,000 a year. Wow. Like Dude. my mom worked a minimum wage job in winter break and summer break and paid off her college while she was in college and graduated with no debt just from a minimum wage job during summer and winter break because that's how cheap college was and how high the minimum wage was. Yeah, that's when I get doubtful about people thinking about going to college is if it's going to put you in a financial hole, then I guess reconsider the best route because it's so sad hearing all these students that come out of college and how far in debt they are and how long it takes for them just to get even and yeah. start. Do, do community. You save so much money. Yeah, community colleges. And then, you, like you said, you go to community college for two years and then you transfer to the school that you want. And then when you get your diploma, it's from the better school. So you could go to community college and transfer to like Harvard or something. I mean, probably a little bit more difficult, but you would get a degree from Harvard if you do that. But yeah. you would definitely get scholarships if you got into Harvard right uh, well, depends depends yeah <laughs> um yeah but i mean i'm a firm believer though in like studying hard and doing the best you can because you can get scholarships that way yeah to I think pay a, for the well, universities you get smart. into not everyone's as smart as that there's also a lot of like <laughs> some people like just because like they can read books they still get hit by bikes so you have to like <laughs> <laughs> intelligence is a spectrum <laughs> or uh did you apply for any scholarships when you um Every college I applied to denied me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember applying to NYU Tisch, and like I went there for like the the tour and everything. I was like, I hate the city, but like I'll make it work. It'll be fun. And then I got the letter back. It's like, sorry. I'm oh like, Fuck. no! <laughs> there was a scholarship in Texas called the Tall Texan Scholarship, and if you were over, I think six foot or six, if you were over six feet. And you had to write a creative essay about what it means to be tall. Oh, my God. You could win a scholarship. Sounds slightly elitist. <laughs> it it kind of is. I'm like, who, who is this group of tall Texans pooling their money together to give it to another tall? It might just be like a Nordic, like Swedish, Norwegian, Amsterdam, Dutch, like all those that like that part of the world has a lot of tall people. So that might be like their secret way of. Keeping the money within their community. Oh my god! Wow. Did you did you hear though? Like tall people are more likely to make more money. Have okay. you heard that statistic? Well, but we're also, <laughs> <laughs> but we're also more likely to not live that long. Why are you saying we? Because I am tall. <laughs> I'm six three, Joe. How tall are you? Uh, six two. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Oh, Six two and twenty three years old, baby. Crazy. I'm mm. at my peak. <laughs> You're an optimist. hundred percent. Ever since I got LASIK, honestly, too. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about, dude. That gave me a whole new lease on life. Really? I'm, I haven't gone. I was literally yesterday. I sent Matt oh, yeah. a pair of glasses that I'm considering buying, and I was like, "Do you think these are cool?" And he goes, "Get." LASIK. Dude. Like, why are you buying glasses? You're going to keep buying glasses for the rest of your life. And it's just, you can have this problem done. Best decision finished. of my life. Best decision I of my life. I actually put the glasses back on. Mike <laughs> <laughs> just takes off his glasses, like, so you like what you see. So, wait, Joe, you got LASIK and you... I I got it because Matt got it. Mm -hmm. And I went to a place like three years ago. I went in. I did the entire exam. The whole place was like pretty sketchy, so I left and I didn't do it. Was it like a group on LASIK? No, I I heard the ad on the radio, <laughs> so, uh. so I went in and it was when I first moved to LA. I didn't really have anyone that like I trusted to take care of me. Yeah. So I was like, nah, fuck this. 
I'm done. So then when Matt went, I was like, oh my God, Matt went like, I looked at this guy's Yelp page. Like he did like a lot of football players, professional athletes. So I was like, okay, I trust this guy. I went in, they made me feel so comfortable, got it done. And like now, honestly, everything is just new. Like I could see leaves. I could see signs. I could see like parking, like everything driving at night, like driving during the day. My entire life is just so improved. Do you still have your contact solution and your glasses stuff hanging around? I've yet to throw it away because I think I need it, but you never I just need again. to dispose of all of it. But you have this weird connection to it. Or I feel like I've been wearing my contacts for a really long time, but my eyes feel fine. It's such a wild experience. And I'm so glad that you got it. And you healed really quickly, right, Joe? I could see within six hours that night. And like it, I took a nap as soon as I got home. And I woke up and I was watching TV that night with perfect vision. And like my couch is kind of far from the TV. And that was just still so crazy. But I did get a text from your girlfriend and she was like, hey, I'm with Joe. And he says he feels like there's like an eyelash in his eye and he's not sure if that's normal. And I thought to myself, oh, dear, I recommended a procedure that is has gone wrong on Joe's eyes and it's all going to be my fault. But I assured him that's normal to feel that way and thank goodness you had no severe side effects. But there was a moment where I thought I should have. So you never. recommend it? 100%. Yes. I wish I got it years ago because I never could do contacts because I can't, touching my eyeballs freaks me out. So yeah. I always wear glasses and I can't wear glasses because as soon as I put them on, I have to wear them the rest of the day. Otherwise, my vision is just blurry and I feel like like I get like dizzy, headaches, whatever. So once I put on my glasses, then I have to wear them. And also, like, if I wear them, then I get the little, like, uh, Preston stuff on my nose. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I can't take photos with that because then I, it looks like just not the best. Right. Yeah, your modeling career would take a hit. Exactly. I, I was a little worried, though, for you when you said that you didn't like putting in contacts because your eyes just, like, can't handle that sensation. And I thought, oh, well, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle the sensation of, like, a blade going slightly over it because you could, like, blink or mess up. But they, You don't even they, feel it. No. Uh, the video that you made uh, made me feel, like, a lot more confident about it. Do also, you, mean, you literally went with Josh Peck, which was like, <laughs> dude, go with Josh. Yeah, I, had, I Guys. was like, I was thinking about it. Like, if I went, I would want the two of you and Josh to come with me to make me feel better about it. Because like, it's such a, it was such a more comforting experience. Where if I were to go by myself, I would just be freaking out the whole time. But you that, made it seem like a fun, exciting adventure and cracking jokes. And Josh was there, and you made a nice video. And yeah, I don't know. That's what's great about vlogging because it keeps your mind off what's actually happening. So like, <laughs> even when they're like, "All right, you're gonna get the surgery now," I'm like, "Oh, Josh is here. That's great." Like, yeah, and you're filming. It's like it's like production entertainment mode. Yeah, I took Zane with me, and he was blown away by how fast it was. Because I've sat through different procedures for Zane, like his wisdom teeth, <laughs> his hairline surgery, and when I, he saw my LASIK, he was like, "That was it. That it's was like it. Fifteen minutes, right? It was not like, even." Dude, like change your brain and just be like, all right, I'm not going to move for the next 10 seconds. And then you're done. Yeah. And it's they give 10 you 10 seconds. Um, Less than that. I think it's I would say the whole procedure felt like less than 10 minutes, but like five minutes and I just like prepping it. And then but the actual cut and finish less than like four minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. The technology is insane. And the doctor made you feel comfortable? Oh, doctor, Doc, Paul doctor, C. Lee. Paul C. Lee. He's C -C the man. CCRS LASIK. CCRS LASIK. Did you tell him uh, that he did mine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They he was like, oh, you. Matt, Matt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's so cool. I too. followed him on Instagram the other day because you posted about him. And I, I want to like get more comfortable with like looking at his page and seeing that he does. Because he does way more crazier procedures. That's his 
most basic thing that he does is from what I understand, he does a lot of like really intense stuff. It's but like baking cookies at this point. Exactly. For him. Yeah. It's it's not this new scary thing where it's there's like a risk. It's just do you gotta go? That actually reminds me, I have my follow-up appointment right now with LASIK at two and it's 1 30 and oh it's my in God. Sherman Oaks. So we gotta wrap this up. But Joe, thank you so much for joining us. I love talking to you. I love eating with you. And I love hanging out with you. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Thanks for coming, Joe. Will you, will you come back for the video version? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. yeah. When are you doing it? Maybe you can help us set that up, actually. Yeah. We're, we're thinking to do three cameras. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it after. But yeah, We'll talk about it after. Um, guys, check out Joe Volpis. Check out his YouTube channel, his Instagram, his Twitter. Uh, it's his Joe, his dog, Sad Bobby, and Sad Bobby, of course, <laughs> the Brussels Griffon. Yeah, <laughs> Brussels Griffon. Um, but yeah, have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me. Much love. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I wanted to give this moment to give a quick shout out to a podcast I had the pleasure of being a guest on. The name of this podcast is Duel of the Takes. It was started by a good family friend of mine, Nate Martin. And basically, it's him and his really close friends discussing and debating and ranking the Disney Renaissance films, the ones from 1989 to 1999, you know, like The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, a goofy movie. We pretty much rank all of the ones and debate which ones we think are the best. And I had a really great time being on it, and I hope you guys enjoy other episodes of their podcast as well. But if you want to hear me geek out about Disney movies and my favorite ones and my least favorite, I hope you check it out. Once again, it's Duel of the Takes. It is available on Apple and Spotify and YouTube as well. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. Duel of the Takes. Peace.